Recorded during the plague year of 2021, this is the Andromeda Minute, a show where, well, for the past 131 minutes, we've gone over uh, one minute of uh, Robert Wise's all-too-timely techno-thriller, The Andromeda Strain, one screen, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I am Brett Stillo, the last guest on the show uh, from Five Minutes of Trouble and Five Minutes of Banzai. Hi, Jim. How you doing? I think of you as the ultimate guest on this show, Brett. You are uh, the, the when when I want to talk movies, I I think of you. You you are a maven, and you are of of an appropriate age, like like me. That we can we can remember some of these films as they were appearing uh, in assorted uh, movie theaters uh, across across the country and across the world. That we can, um, that we can indeed. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I think I want a tea Public shirt that says everything you just said now. So uh, will that be available on the website? <laughs> so soon, soon to co- coming soon. Don't worry. Yes, it's, it's up there. It's right next to the, uh, these nuts are stale from uh, the airport. Yes. Um, nice. Uh, so anyway, we're in the final minute, minute 131, which doesn't really have much to it. It has the 601 that ended, uh, that ended the movie proper, but well, not quite because it, it also has, this uh, little computer thing that comes up that says disengage and end program looks all very computery as, as movies of 1970 tended to do when they're talking about computers. And then we get the very standard uh, kind of a, kind of a missing age here where all you see at the end is a, uh, a cast li- a brief cast list of the principles uh, done in, you know, that beautiful black and white codolith. And yeah. then, uh, and then the MPAA, uh, rated g for uh bloodletting and topless women um and I, yeah and a very old version of the old yes. rating system that's the original um i forgot it you know that the first years of that it was blue didn't it become green yes later on yeah 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 and uh this may have been i don't think 70 was was m still around the uh before the pg i think m might have still been on the i should have looked that up before i started chatting about this but uh yeah this i I found this is one of the weirdest g-rated films i I can't think of a g-rated film that had more blood and guts in it than this film i mean we're slicing up wrists we have uh uh you know topless teenagers does it count if they're is it okay if they're dead (laughs) pretending to be dead i don't know where that was you know but uh, made an indelible impression on this 11 year old. Um, it's just quite a, it, it's, just, and killing monkeys, you know, I mean, they're killing rats, killing monkeys, uh, just all kinds of horrible stuff. Uh, little old ladies hanging from uh, ropes in a, in stairwells and, and guys drowning themselves in bathtubs. This was, to me, it was like carry level, um, uh, mayhem and, uh, it, rather surprising. Yeah, it's it's a a very haunting, chilling film. Yeah, it makes me wonder. You know, did the did the censor guys were they? You know, they just weren't quite on the ball. You know, maybe yeah, they had a a list. Uh, here's the seven things that'll give it an R rating. Oh, it didn't make it. Okay, a G for yeah. you. This would be a great double feature with the computer war tennis shoes. Yes. Yes. Uh now there's a there's a seventy movies I can get behind, and, and yeah. th- those. You know, it's it, that's this would have been better if the senator from uh, Vermont were played by Joe Flynn. Oh, totally, uh, Joe Flynn. I well, would get, I would get behind that definitely. Okay, oh, can I actually steal the podcast for one minute? And I'm yes. sure you guys have, over the course of the show, you've talked about Eric Christmas, but uh, I want to say something about Eric Christmas because he confounded me. Uh, 
you know, watching the last minute or the previous minute, one thirty, and we see that great close up of him. Uh, you know, I, I did the inevitable thing all of us do, and that's you know, our, our character actor internal Rolodex was spinning, and this was a, this is a rare case when uh, you know I was stumped because I'm sitting there and I'm watching him and I'm I'm saying and I'm I'm trying not to cheat by going to IMDb, but I'm saying okay, it's not Ed Begley. It's it's not Arthur O'Connell. Uh, it, it's it's not um, who else did I think of? You know, oh, it's not Barnard Hughes. Uh, yeah, I you know I it could have been. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. It could have it could have been Egg Bakley. It could have been Barnard Hughes. Uh, Henry Jones. It could have been Henry Jones, but it was none of those guys, and it was Eric Christmas. And uh, I, I I don't want to sound like a, a egotistical here, but this was one one case where a character actor stumped me because i went i looked up eric christmas on imdb and he's you know he had a uh you know list of credits a mile long and i, I didn't really recognize any of them uh, i i feel like i probably saw him somewhere somehow but it wasn't like a real registry of you know the classic oh that guy yeah he was always like i mean if i i'm thinking of him I, I'm not looking at any, any IMDb myself, but I can imagine he was like the judge in a bunch of things. I would think he was the judge on, um, uh, you know, on another uh, Arthur Hill movie. I, th I think he'd be on uh, uh, Owen Marshall, oh, Attorney Marshall, of Law. Yeah, I, I guess, Law, yeah. yeah you, know, okay, you know, I'll accept that counselor, that kind of thing. He'd be in, you know, something like Chips or uh, Law and Order nowadays. He would be, he would take the parts that um Milburn Stone would have had so it, it just <laughs> yeah. yeah he he's he's in there and he was very long lived too if i remember he lived to be like in his 80s and uh i think he has credits up through the 1990s somewhere i uh, i should really i should really have imdb opened when i'm talking about this stuff but yeah i, I think he was if i recall he was he was in his 80s well all of them were pretty much character actors the guy that played general sparks peter hobbs he was always a uh, uh you know general so-and-so he was he was like barton mclean he was you know he's everywhere that he was some kind of a, an official um the guy that played grimes uh in the in the white house situation room he was always the desk sergeant or the you know or the surgeon that didn't agree and uh, you know in a million and of course uh dr robertson as we're seeing in these credits rolling by at the end uh kermit murdoch i, I always think of him as the uh the pompous uh, judge from uh, uh, all our yesterday's episode of Star Trek. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, si since we're here, I, I feel as though we must t discuss the Abner Bieber factor. Uh, did, did I ever discuss the Abner Bieber factor with you? It's just I funny saying Abner Bieber. Uh, sounds good. Uh, Justin's a... Uh, uh, country dad, dad. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, not, and not, not uh, apparently no connection with uh, with uh, Justin, but Abner Bieber, mm. a uh, or or Biber. I might be mispronouncing it. Sorry, but uh, you know, character actor uh, did a lot of stuff in the 30s and 40s. Uh, I think he, you know, family came from Russia, so he had a little bit of a Eurasian features to him he looked he looked a little mm. like edward g robinson so uh oh, okay you know he's he's the evil son in gunga dean and oh uh, okay yeah, yeah and yeah he's one he's one of cary grant's flunkies in um uh that movie with ralph bellamy uh, uh his girl oh. friday you know it's, <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> abner bieber has the distinction of playing a lot of evil japanese officers in world war ii movies just because oh, okay so like feature. destination tokyo that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. exactly he's if you look up abner and go oh it's 
it's that guy. That guy. Yeah. yeah. To, to me, the ultimate that guy, and bar none. And you'll, I'm sure, and when I mention his name, you'll agree wholeheartedly. Whit Bissell. See Whit Bissell. Yeah. 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 I, I talked with his daughter once. Um, I was trying to get her on airport minute. She didn't want to come on, but, uh, she, uh, yeah, she's very proud of her dad. Her dad was always happy to sign. From what I understood, he he was always happy to sign anything. He was happy to meet his fans. Um, he loved being loved by, you know, people didn't, people didn't know his name, but he's always general so-and-so and he was, you know, the time tunnel and he ran a space station K seven and, you know, just all these, he, he had so many roles. Um, you know, you can't help, but, uh, you know, he turned Michael Landon into a werewolf. He, you know, it, it's, <laughs> he, he was so critical. I mean, there wouldn't have been the fifties without Whit Bissell. He, he and, survived attack by the creature from the black lagoon. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Poor just, guy. Everywhere. Poor guy. Julie, yeah. He just, and, just, an amazing yeah. thing. But, and to add to what you're saying, uh, that name, I believe his, his name was like D. Witt Bissell. That wasn't a, yeah. Um, yeah, that was his actual uh, name on his birth certificate. And, you know, we're in this era where inevitably you talk about, uh, I believe his name was Hank Martin, the Quinn Martin's announcer. Yes. And he always had that delivery, uh, you know, because those Quinn Martin productions, what I, uh, he would always announce very radio style with guest stars. And you yes. can just hear Whit Bissell. It just like <laughs> yes. he probably got cast. Because, Cameron Mitchell. Yeah, yeah was, Cameron yeah. Mitchell, <laughs> Granville Van Dusen. But yes. uh, and then okay, and so Monty Markham. Yeah, uh, uh, Monty yeah. Markham. Yeah, and then so okay, so Abner Bieber, uh, character actor. Look him up on IMDb. Also, you know, directed a lot of stuff. You know, later in his life, did more behind the camera. Uh, by the late 1960s, Jim, he's working for Universal Studios as what? Oh. As the head of the casting department. Oh, wow. So when we talk about, you know, all these faces we see uh, in Am- Andromeda Strain and how we see him then in Name of the Game and most of all Columbo, you know, that's, you know, our friends yeah. who are really doing all these connect the dots. Oh, hey. That cop on Columbo was that guy on Star Trek, and then he was in Hogan's Heroes. It's I I think we have Abner Bieber to thank for that. Yeah, I mean we're looking. I mean this is everybody here in the Universal uh, on the Universal lot here. Raymond Bieri probably had to do a Banachek after this, and then on to McMillan and Wife and Ironside, and he was probably bouncing around. You know, this is one of six things he had to do that week when he was being major man check on this movie. Exactly. It's, it's um, maybe three or four days of work and then, you know, on to the $6 million man. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> or the and, bold ones or, yeah. you know, you name <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's out there work, working like, a, you know, heck Ramsey and uh, can, can you ride a horse? Of course I can ride a horse, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So he's uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and they, you know, it was that it was the age that was the, the tail end of uh, studio, you know, studio employees being actors, but they got the job done and they, you know, they all they all knew their lines and, and hit their marks. And we, you know, the result of that was a lot of pretty good TV and pretty good movies uh, back, back in the day. Yeah. And this, you know, years later, this familiarity that we talk about, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking of character actors. Uh, and TV in particular, it's it's, it's kind of like a community, and yeah. um, 
you know, we're, we're talking about Whit Bissell sort of like, yeah, he was this high school teacher who, uh, you know, he was, he was on our TVs in our living room, you know, day after day. So, you know, fortunately never met Whit Bissell, but I feel like I know him and I feel like he was kind of a neighbor. Yeah. And you, you know, you felt very comfortable seeing him on, you know, on there. He was never, you know, you, you've, you've felt that this is a familiar face and, uh, okay. I can believe he's a general this week and, and next week he's, a, you know, he's, he's a U.S. Marshal in 1870s got Dodge city because he could do that. It was, it didn't really matter to us watching this. One other thing that, that hits me, and this is, you know, this kind of shows you the dating of this, of the, of the late, of the early seventies versus what would come on later is that this is the very DGA style uh, title sequence that everything was front loaded. We saw all the titles for major, major uh, crew at the beginning of the movie. And then all we saw were the principals uh, at the very end. I mean, the only thing missing here is when in Hollywood visit universal studios. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, th- I, I miss the, I kind of miss those days. It's interesting to sit through, you know, eight minutes of uh, everybody, everybody who ran the copy machine back at the, uh, you know, counting offices and having their name on the, the thing. I understand that's, you know, that's the way things are nowadays. Thanks to, thanks to multiple uh, strikes that, you know, cleared this up and people want to get their names on the screen. I understand that, but I kind of miss, I kind of miss finishing a movie with the end. And then as you're getting up, you get to see the principles again and you're leaving the, you're leaving the theater without reading all the footnotes. Exactly. I feel the same way. I got uh, strangely a little nostalgic just seeing, yeah, you know, the principals, there were probably a lot of other actors who they could have credited who they didn't. And yeah, this is, this was the standard format for, you know, the outro for decades. And, uh, you know, a, a couple of things come to mind is, is yeah. Number one, this was how they did it. And, you know, nowadays, uh, you know, geez, Jim, I think, I think eight minutes is a conservative estimate. I, yeah. I oh, tried, easily, yeah. yeah. I tried to look up what the longest end titles are. Um, and, oh, and I just, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> can we edit this? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> Although it's usually more fun for the, <laughs> yeah, more fun for the audience to hear. Oh, I just look. Scanning I, furiously. I just had it on. Uh, I'll keep. I'll, I'll keep vamping while you look. Yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. It's it's one of those things that, and you know, without without the modern uh, version of all, the, you know, the endless page after page of footnotes, uh, we don't get uh, end credit sequences yeah. and things. That's not you know we yeah. uh, we'd be waiting a lot longer for Ferris Bueller to show up. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I was I was trying I was trying to find what the you know what currently is the longest end credit. Uh, credits are and you know i think i think uh venom a few years ago topped around 15 minutes Woof. and wow. uh yeah the uh peter jackson's um you know his lord of the rings movies and his hobbit movies you know those were like i mean admittedly a lot of people in new or in new zealand but i think he credited everyone in new zealand yeah and you're talking <laughs> you know 12 13 14 minutes of just credits and yeah, I, I'm I'm okay with it until you know they get to the parts where how, how many were you know movie babies they show you how many babies were born during the making of the movie. It's like oh, yeah, okay, that's cute, but it doesn't need to scroll for a minute and a half. It's, we get it; it's yeah. fine. We don't have to read the elevator list. But um, yeah, it's just it's a different time, a different era, and uh, I like you said, I kind of miss I kind of miss being able to. I want to. I want to digest the movie without thinking about, yes, this is a movie. Yes, this is a movie. Yes, this is a movie. Yeah. That, that's what 
that's what comes about. And the way I understand it, it began with uh, George Lucas and Star Wars. I mean, he dropped out of the DGA because he didn't want to have the front loaded uh, credits. That's why you get, you know, a long time ago and then off, off we go with the, with the role. But um, it, it does. And I think he wanted to not take you out of, take you out of the movie just to begin with. But I, I think it takes, it, it, does a lot to take you out of the movie at the end. I'd rather have that that feeling that Robert Wise is trying to leave you with with that 601. It's like, oh my gosh, they, they don't really have an answer, do they? And then you get up and you're walking out. You, you walk out of the theater with that still disturbed feeling in you. Yeah, yeah. This is a very effective end title uh, because you also have no music with those credits are rolling. And, you know, again, we're talking in the studio era. That was such a given. You have some, yeah. you know, light fanfare, you repeat the theme or something, but you have some outro music and this is just uh, stark and silent yeah. and chilling. And uh, as you said, I, you're, I, yeah, you're trying to process this movie and then there's just, there's this blankness. Yeah. Two movies that I, that I recall that don't have music. There's just like either a, a sound effect or a screaming or a single note. Uh, Failsafe would be one of them. And it's just that that screaming on the as the uh, uh, as the as the character dis- disappears. The uh, uh, I mean, as as the uh, the phone melts in the guy's hand, as we know that New York's been destroyed. Um, the other one would be um, uh, I just had it in my head. Uh, oh, uh, uh, um, wait a minute. Um, oh gosh. Uh, Murder, She Wrote, Lady... Uh, oh, uh, Manchurian Candidate. Manchurian Candidate. Manchurian Candidate end, ends with a with a gunshot and 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 Frank Sinatra crying. And that, there's no music at the end of that, just the, the rolling credits. Um, and I thought of a third. Let me think. Uh, see, I should write things. I should write... I should take notes and prep for this more than writing down. <laughs> That's I have cheating. a couple... I have some dumb things written down. But uh, yeah. Oh, um, Seconds. Seconds, uh, Rock Hudson, John, speaking of Frankenheimer. Yeah. So I would say Manchurian Candidate, both Seconds and uh, uh, this. Uh, I don't, you know, if if people haven't seen Seconds, they really need to see Seconds. And I don't want to spoil what the ending is because the ending is so shocking and terrifying. Um, when I saw that, I, I was in film school and uh, the woman who was not my wife at the time was <laughs> uh, was going to be, she worked as an operator for Southwestern Bell and I had to go see Seconds as part of a uh, screenwriting class. And I watched Seconds with her and we saw the ending. And I had to take her to uh, Southwestern Bell. So she, I, I, drove her, I dropped her off. And uh, she called me up that night when she finished her shift. And she said, I really hate you. I said, why? She said, I had to think about that movie all the way in. And it just, it terrified me so much. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm sorry, it's just a movie. She goes, I know it's just a movie, but it really affected me. So... Uh, yes, yeah, seconds would be a, a great uh, again that that silent ending after a after a noise. Yeah, and I think you know when we were talking about the just this kind of movie that we associate with the seventies, uh, you know, I, I, you know all those Frankenheimer films for sure and Failsafe, I think are good examples of kind of setting a tone that I think Wise was aware of in Waking This. You know, they're very yeah. stark. They're very you know, it's funny. They're studio pictures, but they're very anti-Hollywood. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would also put 
in terms of paranoid thrillers, uh, Seven Days in May. Oh yeah, Rod, Rod Serling's film. Um, that just has drums. The whole, the whole, and uh, God bless Frederick March in that. Um, the uh, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that there's I, there's so many. There's so many paranoid thrillers back in the day from from those things. Now I could see I could see doing an entire series where you just talk about nothing but the paranoid thrillers of the '60s and '70s. Oh, that that would be a great film festival that only three uh, people would show up. For. Yeah, exactly. Well, who wants to watch black and white? Come on. Um, but uh, this was this movie the year after it came out in '72. It was paired as a double feature with uh, uh, Bruce Dern and Silent Running, both Universal pictures so um and it was said it, it, their their advertisement said fun for the whole family which like <laughs> what kind of fun are you getting out of this um oh but big double feature for douglas trumbull for sure yeah oh yeah yeah it's all, all the douglas trumbull you can stomach it's uh it's amazing um the, I, I would i i've considered uh doing a silent running minute but you can't it, there's too many minutes in that movie i don't i don't think <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to chew on other than you know you can talk about the roles of of building the props and and doing the uh, uh, the special effects. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting view of early Bruce Dern and uh, a, rather a risky role for him to take. Yeah, because um, he really had to carry that movie through most of it. I mean, it's almost a one man performance. Um, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting film because it's. <laughs> Uh, a great example of, of pre-Star Wars uh, sci-fi. Would you call it a space opera or maybe an anti-space opera? Yeah, it's, it was. Uh, yeah, echo ec ecological fiction. I don't yeah. know. It, yeah, but it but it, yeah, it had the old style, the old style Derek Meddings style of uh, of model making. You know, giant, yeah. giant slow moving models, two thousand one ish. Uh, of course, you know, with Trumbull, but. Uh, yeah, it was very epic looking, not a lot of zooming. And mm -hmm. uh, it really didn't like the uh, the exterior scenes didn't really uh, it had it had it, it definitely had a, a great production design. Um, it, it was that it was similar with all the uh, the weird the fake um, product placement like 2001 with uh, it was an American Airlines space freighter. And, uh, you know, the idea of of badging. Um, you know, it, it's like the uh, uh, the Earthlight Room of the Howard Johnsons on the space station in two thousand and one, um, or even like uh, like Rollerball had uh, the different corporations running the running the sports teams, which isn't that much different from it isn't isn't the present. And there's another dystopian idea that would come out. What was Rollerball seventy five? Seventy five, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, so you know all that that early. It, it's interesting how much things changed with star Wars because all that slow moving space stuff uh, was kind of crowded in and, you know, I, I, the Logan's run era in, in there. And there's, there's such a dividing line with, uh, with star Wars that I, I think younger people today don't even realize that where that, that line of demarcation really hit with star Wars. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this, this movie here is very much in a, 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 a it's very much a creature of its uh, its year. I think that seventy seventy one. This is what every science fiction movie looked like in that in that age. Yeah, yeah. I remember mentioning in the first episode. Uh, you, you just really 
feel the invisible presence of NASA and the Apollo program. You know, the the environmental suits they wear in the town and yeah. you know, some aspects of wildfire, you just feel like, you know, Mission Control Houston. And yeah, uh, de- definitely. Yeah, all the consoles and things like that. And it, it looks like it looks like this could be another, you know, lunar receiving lab. It just kind of and it's the way people pictured the future was going to be that we were all going to be wearing paper uniforms and we could, you know, you know, just, just burn them up. It's okay. We don't have to keep them. Everything's throwaway. Yeah. Um, uh, a buddy of mine has a, has a term for movies like this pre star Wars. He calls them white plastic movies. Accurate. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Like NASA clean rooms and uh, you know, Gary Anderson or Jerry Anderson, uh, you know, spaceship consoles and yeah, everything sort of has a, a NASA influence to it. And yeah, this is, you could, even though there are paper suits, you could call this a white plastic movie. Yeah. And with, I think with the exception of Ruth Levitt, you really don't have, like, they're kind of plastic people too. They're almost interchangeable. You, I think Rich, uh, Robert Wise did a good move in casting TV actors in this movie so that you didn't, you weren't watching, um, I'm trying to think, you know, Robert Redford. You weren't seeing Robert Redford in this, although Robert Redford at the time, no, he was in uh, Butch Cassidy, so he would have been a star. You don't see a Paul Newman playing Dr. Uh, Dr. Stone. You know, it, these are, uh, I mean, not for, just from a budgetary reason, but I think having unknowns in the roles let you believe in them more that uh, I think a Robert Redford or a Dustin Hoffman would have taken you out of the role, taken you out of the movie and put you in Hollywood. Yeah. It it would definitely mess with Hall's character. Yeah. Because yeah, you, you don't, you don't get to know him because you don't want to know him. (laughs) No, no. It's just, you know, you can, you can apply whatever you want and, and picking the the standout in this whole movie is, uh, is Kate Reed as Dr. Levitt because she is so, not of her time. They, you know, I mean, if this had been done five years earlier, it would have been Raquel Welch or mm-hmm. Ursula Andress or, you know, and she wouldn't have been, she wouldn't have been smart. She would have been, um, excuse me, I, she would have been a lot more uh, obsequious. Yeah. Or she would have been obsequious in any, in any bit. She, you know, but she wasn't, she was, for lack of a better term, this was written as a man. And I think that's the strongest thing about it is that she was, she was there and she was a colleague and part of the cohort. Um, I, I, I think she was, she, of, of all the characters, she comes out with the, with the strongest character in this movie. And she made that, she made that role out of just the words that she was saying. I'm really impressed by her more than any other character in this movie. Um, except I mean, the only other thing is I can think of is a, it's a nice farewell to George Mitchell. I, I see, saw him in a million Westerns and, uh, this was his final role. He would uh, pass away about a year after this, but, uh, great, great role is, uh, the sterno drinking Peter Jackson. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. Well, here we are at the end of the film. Yeah. We are, uh, we made it all the way through and, and Brett, thank you so much for, for coming back. Any, any final thoughts on this movie? Oh gosh. I'm just, I'm thrilled to be the bookend you know the circle is complete I, uh, yeah we, we yeah. launched the thing and i was here at, at splashdown uh yeah 
that's so uh, that's pretty neat. So thanks thanks for having me for this last episode. It's, uh, yeah. Well, thanks thanks for uh, surviving this uh, this movie and the and the plague. Um, yeah. We yeah. As as we are recording this, I've been inoculated. So uh, and I know you're on a you're on a waiting list, but hopefully, uh, your turn will come soon. Um, hopefully by the time this airs, uh, yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be on my way to uh, Hawaii or something like that. But we'll see. But uh, yes. just. You know, the main thing is, uh, yeah, everybody just keep on keeping on. And yeah, no, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we won't have to find another timely movie to talk about <laughs> something in the future. <laughs> Dear Lord. Yes. Ah, wow. Well, again, thanks so much for being, um, when people are listening to you or they want to listen to you and they'd like to find you, where can they find you out there in the, the great world of the internet? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the most easiest, the most easiest. Well, anyway, you can, you can find me. Uh, on two shows that I did with the great Mr. Josh Horowitz. Uh, that would be Five Minutes of Trouble about uh, the movie Big Trouble in Little China, uh, in which uh, Kurt Russell based uh, a character on Joe Flynn, his former co-star, who he appeared with in the Computer War 10 issues. His his nerdy businessman character was a tribute to Joe Flynn. Um <laughs> So there's that, uh, Five Minutes of Trouble, Five Minutes of Bonsai, which uh, could be the uh, satiric version of the Andromeda Strain. Yes, yeah, the I think Yo-Yo Dine, yeah. Yo Dine Industries was behind all of this, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to write that fan fiction. But yeah, uh, yeah those, are, those are two that uh, Josh and I did. We're always talking about doing a third one. And uh, uh, Jim, you'll be the first to know. I will. I will appreciate that. I look forward to it. Um, endlessly entertaining is, is all I can. The only way I can describe this. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and by the way, folks, if you would like to help all of us out, uh, if if you listen to a, a show that you enjoy, uh, and if you listen to Brett, I'm sure you will enjoy his. Uh, when you're listening to them on a, on a podcast, check out Apple iTunes and uh, like and subscribe on there. If you could leave a review, those always help uh, more people find these great shows, which sometimes don't get the kind of airtime that they really deserve. So uh, if you get a chance, go out there, look, look for Brett's uh, uh, podcast on, on Apple podcasts and, and leave a, leave a review. That always helps. If you've enjoyed this uh, series and uh, you, if you haven't listened to the whole thing, you're more than welcome to go back and listen to them. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, wherever wherever you've got your wherever you found this, there's probably another one. So you can go in and subscribe, get all the previous uh, 130 episodes, uh, and I would appreciate as well if you could leave us uh, leave us a nice review and put as many stars as you can on the on those reviews. Uh, that always helps people find this show. Uh, I don't think we will be back. If something happens, like I wrote a long time ago, I wrote to James Olson and I asked if he'd please be on the show and he hasn't written me back. But if, if I ever have a special guest on, I will try, <laughs> I will try, I will come back for James Olson, uh, uh repeating his, uh, his, uh, legendary discussions of, uh, of Mark Hall, but, uh, we may be back. So keep <laughs> us, keep us subscribed. Who knows? I may have a future episode on this particular show, but, uh, until the next time when you, when you decide to listen to another show, oh, by the way, one last thing, um, Brett and I belong to a group called uh, Movies by Minutes, where if you like the if you like this format where we listen to whether it's one minute at a time or five minutes at a time, as Brett does, uh, we go over these shows in excruciating detail. So if you have a favorite movie out there, chances are somebody's done it. Uh, you can find it at uh, moviesbyminutes.com. If it hasn't, think about making your own show. We always welcome new new voices onto our group. Uh, go, go check out moviesbyminutes.com. We've got some links in there to find our Facebook pages and stuff. Um, but moviesbyminutes.com will show you some of the, uh, at the time we're recording this, 180 different 
a series of uh, a movies and series uh, that are available. And we'd love to, to hear from you. But anyway, in the meantime, uh, listen to this show again, if you'd like, we've got, if you're on a long drive and you missed any episodes, go back and, and, and listen. Um, but uh, until this plague is over, and hopefully it's over by the time you finish listening to this, uh, please do the three things that will get rid of the, the plague that we're in right as we're recording. Uh, wash your hands for 20 seconds, wear a mask, and uh, stay six feet apart from people that you are not related to or don't live with. Um, anyway, we will uh, we'll see you sometime in the future, either here or on some other series. But uh, thanks for joining us here on the Andromeda Minute. Bye. Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.